Welcome to Mike the Baptist. It's a great uh, it's a great day at Red Oak Studios here where we tape Mike the Baptist because Jason is back. Jason Riccardi. What's up? How you guys doing? He has been gone for a while. We don't know we know where uh H D went. He went on a forced sabbatical. That means you run <laughs> your preacher off and make him stay gone for a while. Yeah. We don't know where Jason went. He's just like, he hasn't been here at the studio for a while in several episodes. Uh, but anyway, wherever you've been, it's good to have you back. Well, you know, the zoo caught me and had me caged up for a little bit, but I was able to escape again. I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with that. It's not really that. anything you can argue with, right? Anyway, glad to have you back. Looking forward to uh, some rambunctious conversation with you. Coming Let's do it. Up. Okay. H.D. Jones, hey, good to see you back. Good to be here. And we have uh, HD and I separated on different sides of the table. Yeah, it's dangerous for these uh, upcoming couple of episodes because, yeah, just because. As a buddy of mine used to say, it gets hairy. A buddy yes. of mine, he, he thought it was his thing. Man, it got hairy, and I'm like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. I, did you ever ask him to explain? No. Was, what was he doing in his spare time? I'm just curious why yeah. that was the phrase that always came to his mind. I don't know. It was just his go-to phrase. He probably worked at a salon. And it's good to have uh, Michael Koontz back. Mr. Jackson. Good to see you. Good to see you, too, sir. Good to see you. Everything well, I guess, in your place. Yep, everything's great. You know what's interesting? Oh, no, we're doing that on the next one, aren't we? I don't know. No, we're doing it on this one now. Uh, Janet Koontz, who is an acquaintance of Michael Koontz, really, really close acquaintance. Never went to prom, though. (laughs) Didn't go to prom, but that's another story. (laughs) Yes, it is. It really is another story. Anyway, uh, uh, so Janet... Mm -hmm. Has made some banana bread muffins. Yeah. And uh, has sent them to Mike the Baptist to review. Now, wait. Did well, she send them or did you just pick them up and bring them? I picked them up and brought them. Okay. So she knows nothing about it, but she will when this airs, which happened, I understand, over a weekend recently that uh, the pecan pie that y'all stole from someone at our church and brought over here un- without their knowledge yeah. that we reviewed – I understand they were waiting to ambush you, yeah, HD, yeah, kind of when you showed really up. Really upset, wanted to know why yes. it wasn't a fresh pie. So I was like, "Bring us a fresh pie. We'll, and, we'll try that." And what she said was, if I get this right, she said that was a Sunday pie. Yeah, and we taped that week on Thursday. Right. Yeah. So you got into it for having it was, a Sunday pie. It was a four-day-old four pie, and so she's gonna. Hopefully, work us in a, a fresh. Did you have pie. bad reviews? No, 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 no they're good. good. They're good. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess they would have been a lot better if it had been Sunday, right. uh, fresh. But well, you know, if she'll send something else, we'll, we'll we'll make it right with her. Isn't that funny how that works? We'll make it right for her, but she's the one that was wronged. Isn't that funny? What a great planet! Well, she, anyway, we get, we get blessed by eating their food online. So it's, correct, it's good stuff. So we don't know what Janet Koontz put in them, but we're going to try the banana uh, bread muffins at the end of the program and give you an honest review. Yep. And I'm going I'm to be honest. I know it's your wife, but I'm going to be honest. I'll be honest, too. I committed to being honest on this thing when I started, so I'm sticking to it. Did anyway, you choke a little up. bit when you said that out loud? Pardon? Did you choke a little bit when you said that Just out loud? Just a little. Yep. Okay. I did. Uh, I've got somebody in the other room with their fingers crossed. I don't do that either, so, but I have somebody that does that. Hey, listen, send us an email. We'd like to hear from you. Comment at MikeTheBaptist.com. Go to the website, MikeTheBaptist.com. You can buy a T-shirt. You can buy a hoodie. You can buy a coffee cup, and uh, we'll buy electricity with a little bit of that money. So go there. Summer's coming up. It's a good time for a T-shirt. If you do, and some of you have but have not sent pictures to us, we need your picture so that we can publicly – display your picture it's just fun to do that 
Let's all get there. Um, I, I guess the big news is that Jason's back, so I think we just need to dive right in here and get to talking about cool. stuff. I'm, I'm anxious for today uh, because on the front porch visit today, this is going to be a little bit different for the front porch. Not that the others are usually not different, too, but something happened to me recently. I'll explain. Uh, I was in Dillard's shopping for cologne. I have this thing. It's a character flaw. I like a good cologne. I've always liked a good cologne. Uh, I discovered years ago that it's much better to have somebody walk by you and say, you smell good, than to walk by you and say nothing, and then you're wondering, I wonder if I smell bad. Right. Because you won't say anything if somebody smells. Anyway, I just have this thing for for good cologne. So uh, for years, I was using a Christian Dior Ohm O for Men. It was this excellent Excellent, excellent product. I remember when I bought it, the the people there were explaining to me what it smelled like. And back when I first got that's been 10 or 12 years ago, I started using that one. Uh, it dawned on me then that those ladies that were saying that, describing that smell, were kind of like those little posters in fancy art galleries that's beside a painting. There's just a bunch of baloney they type in there to make it sound like, you know, what the guy was thinking when he painted it, you know. But anyway, that's... So, okay, so last year, or year before last, I went to get my O for Men, and they had a bottle there that was exactly like it, but it was a different color juice in there. I'm going like, what's going on here? Well, come to find out, they quit making that one. It just devastated me for a while. But then uh, I let them talk me into another bottle of Christian Dior, which I have it on the table here. We're going to try it out here in a minute. But they explained to me then that it's kind of a woodsy smell and i remember kind of trying to figure that out in my head then about the woodsy smell but i went ahead and got it well i'm not totally satisfied with it so recently i decided i've got to do something about this because i like a good cologne and i didn't feel like that was the best so i went back to dillard's and i was talking to these two ladies and they were using those words again they were trying to explain to me what each one smelled like and I was trying to picture what they were saying. Well, I thought, you know, it'd be more entertaining if I helped them out. <laughs> so at one point, one of them was saying, now this would be, they were trying to sell me Jimmy Choo, which I did buy. I, I liked it. Not because of what they were saying. I liked the way it smelled. Go figure. But anyway, they were trying to explain to me that Jimmy Choo smelled this way and that way and this way. And, th- and then one of them said, you know, this will work really well at like a formal dinner or a night on the town. And I looked back at her and I said, what about like if I'm in a recliner? And they both looked back at me. And so then we had this really funny conversation about, and when I left, they were telling me they were going to start telling customers that this will work well in a recliner. I said, well, I think it'd be great. So if you're in Dillard's and you're buying cologne and one of those people says this will work good in a recliner and chuckles, you'll know where it came from. Today on Mike the Baptist, I thought it'd be interesting to have other men take a whiff of a nice cologne <laughs> And explain <clears throat> what that smells like to them. Okay? This could go nowhere but down. So I have two. I'm going to give each of you uh, two chances. I have some little pieces of paper. These are not the fancy cards like they have at the places. But we're going to start with Christian Dior. And this is just Ohm. I think it's uh, – let's see what it says. Can we just <laughs> – No, no, no. We, we need to do this correctly. Yes, uh, we do. For it, to, for it to work correctly. 
I can't read it. I can't read anymore. But anyway, it's the version of O for men that's a little woodsy, they said. But you can't use the word woodsy. Careful where you aim that. Well, I'm going to aim it to the paper. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to spray the little card and shake it. I think they do that. I'm just going to use the same card pass it around. Is that all right? Sure. And what I want you to do is smell of that. The other card you need to pass around is your man card. You're getting a few demerits. Oh, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> trust me, trust me, trust uh, okay. me on this one. Do you need to hold it for a second and then explain it while you're smelling it? Because if you do, we, we won't pass it around so quickly. You have to because you'll get to sneeze and stuff, right? Depends. Okay. Okay, so look. You've all had a chance to s- smell the Christian Dior. So, uh, Koontz, can you explain in, in man terms what that smells like? You can't so, use woodsy. No, I really can't because you said man terms. Well, so just, I'm not really if, sure. If you were just if this was coming out of your head, describe this. Yeah. If you were just coming out of your head and somebody <laughs> asked you, "What does this smell like?" What would you say? Kind of smells like a Michael Jackson in a recliner. <laughs> That's pretty clever. I, listen, I hear I crack a lot of jokes. And I hear a lot. Of, that's pretty good. That's pretty clever. I really don't know. I don't know how to describe that. I, see, I see? don't know. It's got a little spice to it, don't it? Okay, spice. Is there now, a little spice in there. We're getting somewhere. A little spice. I see that again, Jason. He's going. Cooch is taking another whiff here. So yeah. you want another hit? <laughs> well, yeah. It's going to get back around to him. So we've got to finish with you first. So. I, I really don't know where else to go with a that. little bit of spice. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Let me get back to Jason. Jason, if if someone asks you, what does this smell like? Can you can you describe it? Uh, old man in a recliner in the forest. Old man <laughs> <laughs> in a recliner in the forest. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I don't know, kind of. <laughs> this ain't going exactly where I was trying to get. It to I go. don't know. A musky smell. Musky. Okay. Uh, right. There was musky one I, or musty. Musk. Musky. musky. I used to wear That's something called musk. Joven Musk back in the day. Yes. And it kind of reminds me of that. Well, listen, when <laughs> Here we go. when the, when a cologne perfume companies discovered the word musk, I mean, they had it on everything. Yeah, I, mean, I don't you know buy what it means. You cereal called musk yeah. there for a while. I mean, every, everything. I don't really think you can buy cereal, but that just spilled out. Uh, but don't yes. they, look, don't they get some of the perfumes and colognes from... Uh, scent glands. Yeah, the scent glands mm-hmm. from... Animals, a, a musk ox or something? Is that is that one of the ones? That I they don't think use? it's an ox. I think it's or, more like a, a minx or an otter or something. Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I don't want something weird to come out of the scent gland of an ox. <laughs> Maybe that is right. Somebody needs to Google that. Okay. So, well, Coons had a little spice, and you're picking up a little musk. Sure. I mean, I'm making this stuff up as I go, so I just throw in. Well, that's what they do at the. I'm at throwing the, words out there like I'm trying to hit a dartboard. I, I really got that's nothing. That's what they do at the counter. That's yeah. why I threw recliner in, just throw them off, and it did. <laughs> you know, you know who would be good at this in, in feminine terms would be my wife because she yes. actually sells feminine stuff terms. with with scents in there. I'm like, I have no idea. Okay, look, I don't know the correct terms for scents, but here's what I do know. Uh, someone mentioned they might be taking my man card from me. Stench is not good. Aroma Stank. is no, no, better. No, Stank. Aroma, uh, 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 ladies, I discovered at some point in my life, do like a good smell. Okay. So I'm just going to throw that out there and leave it there. Okay, <laughs> HD. <laughs> Bring it home, buddy. <laughs> Bring it home. What does this Christian Dior smell like? Can, if you Can you explain it? It's kind of. This should be good right here, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like it. Coyote and heat walking through a fragrant field of flowers. (laughs) 
Uh, I can't keep that can I got Did you things? purposely take oh. him to go last because you knew that he was no. going to have time to think of this? Uh, <laughs> I don't, I'm trying to turn like keep that and use it or Oh I think you can. That's uh, that's usable. I, I think it is because this is how ridiculous I found it trying to explain. That's even I wish I'd thought of that to I, give them. I really think it's just for breeze. <laughs> Mainly Febreze. I, really, I think Febreze. it's sport Febreze. Is it, my kids, it's my a, boys played football. Yes. Oh my gosh. They sprayed that in their, their feet. <laughs> smelled so bad. I'm just kind of, you know, if, you, if I took my shoe off and sniffed this at the same time, I'd be like, that's what okay. that is. This went terribly wrong, but I like it. Uh, and it's kind of what, I think it's kind of what I was hoping for anyway. So it's just to be working. Okay, look, we're going to move on from the Christian Dior because that brought up too many things right there. So we're going to set that aside, and we're going to move to the Jimmy Choo. Uh, out of curiosity, <clears throat> which one of these does your wife like best? I don't know. I'm, well, now, she did not like the woodsy coyote Christian she Dior. She doesn't like coyote and heat in a field of flowers? No, okay. she was not fond of that. And I wasn't either. I just settled because it was so close to, you know, what, what I really used to use a lot. But now, now I'm kind of branching out, kind of. Have a few different. You're you're scents. more of a Renaissance man now. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but I do like a few different clones. So I'm I'm experimenting with uh uh, it's Coach New York Blue, and it kind of has the uh, nautical has the fragrance of uh, I don't know maybe like uh, urine on the sidewalk. No, no, no like uh, <laughs> like lavender flowers with a oh, little well, bit of that's a little more manly rain. <laughs> That goes along with coach. So yeah. anyway, so with rain, yeah. See, anyway, we're not ready. To, we're not ready to uh, talk about that one yet. But we're going to move to Jimmy Choo now and see if we get some equally entertaining. Right, before we go too much further, yes, like <clears throat> perfume commercials, cologne commercials are like yeah. the most insane, obscure stuff. I, just, do you whack. guys remember Aqua Velva? It always have somebody in like a glacial. Uh, Lake or something, and and they're just like they pop up out of the water, and it's aqua velva for men. And I'm like, what? They're odd. That, that's weird. Their commercials are really odd. Yeah, and they don't have anything to do with. They really don't. High karate. High karate. High karate. Yeah, that was awesome. Was that a? Yes, they had a, they had a yes. commercial with the guy doing the yeah the chops and all that uh, jumping at you. I guess. Karate kid. So. So you never know what's going to stir up a good conversation, do you? My granddad. You, my granddad wore high karate. I remember that. The old spice, yeah. Axe, Axe body spray. Oh, those yeah. are I those are some funny that. ones though. Like they they had some creativity in there. But working as a student minister, yes. uh, they don't know the appropriate level exactly. of Axe body spray. I mean, right. at some point in time, it's more like a punch in the face than the other smells that's coming from them. Just in, just enjoy that. Well, Maybe oh my gosh! Well, I won't finish that statement. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> one of your, I think, one of your youth years ago. Yeah, maybe it might have been before you, but I, I was in the sound booth working sound for something one day, and this young man come bebopping in there. I guess he was like thirteen, fourteen years old. He come bebopping up through there, grinning from ear to ear. Sat down beside me, Mister Michael, and he plops down this four pack of some sort of a <laughs> aqua valve or some sort of a. Uh, I don't even think you'd call it cologne. I don't know what it was, but he plops down his four-pack of it. He was so proud of it. He said, I got this for $5 over at such and such. And I'm going, that's good, man. That's good. But 
Then he wanted me to start smelling. Going, no, 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 I'm busy. All right, look. At the risk of derailing everything, uh, yeah, we I've wouldn't been want to do that. Ministry a long time, yeah. and one of the funniest things is there was a. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been in student ministry a long time, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you the names. I'm not going to tell you when this happened, but okay. there was a, a parent that was describing when their child was hitting puberty and needed to begin using deodorant, mm-hmm. and so they they got deodorant for him and they said, "Put this on your armpits," and they're like, "Okay." And so the the student continued to smell, and the mom approached the student. She's like, "Are are you using the deodorant?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm I'm doing it." And she's like, "Oh man, what is going on here? We got to figure something out." And uh, she just happened to be walking past the bathroom as this student was getting ready, and uh, the student had their shirt on completely, and then was just putting the deodorant <laughs> on their t shirt, soaking it up really and good. They're like, "I think we figured it out." So uh, yeah, yeah, interesting. It's it's all kinds of fun. It is. Okay, moving on to Jimmy Choo. I'm going to spray it on there. I can't shook that up a little bit for you. I've seen him do that. For okay, so this is Jimmy Choo. I'll tell you what, just let's leave it with Koontz here for a moment uh, before we move on. I think it'd be, I think it'd work better if you have it right there with you. <clears throat> oh, which, which, let, me, let me tell the audience which Jimmy Choo this is. Because I'm Man. Sure. Man. Jimmy Choo Man. Jimmy Choo Man. I think the last one leaked on your table there, and I think we're getting a, a lot of residue. Oh, I'm getting that. I'm getting smells everywhere yeah. over here right now. <laughs> Some okay. of them coming from you. <laughs> okay, Coots. Uh, if you were explaining what Jimmy Choo Man smells like to someone, what would you say? How would you describe that smell? It's good, isn't it? Jimmy Choo Man is really good. I, I do like it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> he's gone nose blind. It's, it's, it, but I like a good clone, so some people don't yeah. care. I don't know. I, I have no words. I, I do not know how to describe what I'm smelling. I'm like, it's <laughs> it's cologne. Like, I don't smell like cologne. Huh? I don't okay. know what this is. Well, see, you, you had the word spice. Can you give us one word that what triggers in your mind? I mean, you're something to do with the ocean. Okay. Oh, well, hey. I like that. The ocean. Yeah. Let me smell that again. I don't know if it's... The ocean. Maybe uh, maybe it's a connection to like a suntan lotion or something when you're at the beach or something. I don't know. You're sitting too close to the seafood shack if this is... I, uh, Are you starting to get mm. congested? It sounds a little bit like you're, you're well, starting to get congested. As he you said earlier, we're, we're closing up a little bit. <laughs> okay, so we have the ocean. Uh, Jason Riccardi is now going to sniff the Jimmy Choo man card and... Uh, Jason, if you were explaining like an, an Asian ocean, that smell to someone. I, I mean, I'm thinking uh, laundry detergent slash hand soap. Uh-huh. Um, okay. <laughs> kind of reminds me of when you walk into Bath and Body Works and uh, uh-huh. okay. you, you get a, a punch in the nasal passages. Right. And you, know, you, you have to walk outside before you pass out. Right. Um, but that's because you put like three or four well, sprays on I, it. I hit it yeah. pretty hard. Let me tell you why I hit it hard because when I got that home <laughs> hit it hard. and tried it, the first time I tried it, it was like, Oh, wait a minute. That disappeared really quick. So I thought I had been gypped. I thought I'd bought a bottle that was heavy alcohol and very little fragrance. But then as it, I guess as it gets on down in there, it kind of comes a little more alive. So yeah, but that's why I hit it okay. a few times instead of just one. So this one's going to be giving to us the whole episode, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. From what I can tell, that one and the woodsy uh, Christian Yore are going to be. How about this? I'll just take something off of a, uh, a soap that my wife purchased, laundry soap, okay. clean linen. Clean, Clean linen. linen. I could see that. I could kind of see that. Okay. All right. Uh, and now, 
H.G. Jones will describe what he is smelling as he smells the cologne from Jimmy Choo. It's a light, airy, vanilla you smell sky. Vanilla? It's a vanilla sky. I don't smell any vanilla. Wait, 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 wait. This vanilla, is serious. Listen to this. It's a vanilla sky. This is H.D. Jones saying this. Listen to this. Or, it might seem poetical. Or, <laughs> there's the caveat, or. Similar to the number nine. Chanel number nine? No. Smell, smell the, the color nine. nine. Smell the number nine. By See, Chris that, Rice. By Chris Rice. Oh, is that a song? Yeah. It is a song. Yeah. Does it have a smell? Is it, like, is it a scratch and sniff record? Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Let me let me see that. <laughs> smell that's a song. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Smell the color nine. Now I really like Jimmy Choo. Yeah, but now I, the, I like the fresh ones. the fresh linen. This you might be onto something there. Clean linen. Okay, anyways, it's got a little more uh, new pack of drawers. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd come through for us. This is all new. I'm not going to try to explain this because I think I have enough material there from. Uh, actually, I think I may have more than I expected, yeah. and uh, uh, it did not let me down. This yeah. front porch visit. Did not yeah, we're going to need down. to talk about hunting and yeah. no, cutting, look, cutting look, people I'm, or something. I'm, I'm well, the first you. one's your uh, the first one that we did. What was it called? Christian Dior own. That, that's the one that you'd wear when you go hunting, right? Yes, yes. It had the woodsy. Had the woodsy. So yeah. if you're going to be, in I thought it, you weren't supposed to wear cologne when you go hunting. You're not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It yeah. will not. Uh, it will not attract animals. No, no, it won't. <laughs> it will not. Isn't that what that deer urine cologne is? That's a little different cologne. Okay, that's a little different cologne. It is different. That's definitely a musk. You don't want to put that on where it's church. Mm. I'm just saying. Maybe not. It doesn't work the same. <laughs> so th- you know, this actually reminds me of. Have you guys ever encountered people that just put on an obscene amount of cologne? Yes. There was a a college, local community college when I was in high school, and there was a woman that would come from there and help with the dual credit classes and there were two things that you would notice about her immediately uh number one is it didn't matter what part of the building you were in you could hear her as soon as she entered the building i mean she was super loud right. and the second thing is uh if you didn't hear her uh you could smell her you like immediately yeah. i mean it was just like there it is i think she's Found a realtor it. here uh, locally in nashville because i ran into her here recently i was showing a <laughs> house to some people and she met us there and you could not get within 10 feet of her Mm. It was, yeah. It's like a cloud. It it was something, but you just literally could not get within ten feet. It was a. Uh, it was not Jimmy Choo man she was wearing. I'll tell you that. So, uh, okay. So I'm a little confused, <laughs> but over all this, but it's par for the course, <laughs> yes. and uh, a very lively, entertaining front porch visit. And I hope you stuck with us because if you didn't, you missed some pretty good stuff. Uh, uh, sprinkled all through there. It was. Uh, I think the women should text in or uh, write in comments telling us what appropriate words to use are and uh, how many sprays are appropriate. I would like to hear that from uh, from some lady listeners. Yeah, because what I thought might be entertaining and it was is just having a bunch of hairy legged old boys explain those smells. <laughs> you know what would be good is uh, uh, I'm, I'm trying to get the the preachers' wives to coordinate their schedules. I've been working with them for three or four months to get me some schedules and dates where we can do a couple more programs with them. And I think I will bring this up with their stuff. Mm, that can work. Yeah, I'll get them to uh, explain the smell, and then I will explain it to them as the fourth explainer there. It's probably a little more uh, sophisticated when they do it. (laughs) It might be. I'm expecting that it might be. But there again, you never know. You just don't know. Uh, Okay, so... 
that was pretty frivolous, but it was fun. So we're going to move into a section coming up where we're going to talk about some stuff we found in the Bible, which is always good stuff. I'm just saying. Stay tuned. We'll get something out of it. We'll be back. You'll never hear us say at Mike the Baptist that you need our logo t-shirts or hoodies. Just like you wouldn't hear us say that you need very white music. But now that Mike the Baptist has logo coffee mugs, we are a little tempted to point out that coffee would only have to taste better out of something that special. Or a good hot cocoa. Or a rich, smooth cappuccino in one of those brand new 11 or 15 ounce coffee mugs with that warm and inviting Mike the Baptist logo with the fake neon lettering. No, we'll never tell you that you need stuff, but we might remind you that it's not a sin to buy stuff like that and that a little of the money you spend goes toward keeping Mike the Baptist on the air and in your head like a good Barry White album turned up to seven while you do your taxes or trim those hedges. Find out more about the new Logo Coffee Mugs and our t-shirts and hoodies with funny little sayings and our logo at www.mikethebaptist.com forward slash merchandise. Hey, we're back. So the Bible always fascinates me. I know I'll yap, yap, yap. I say that a lot, but I say it because I mean it. It's fascinating. There's so much stuff in it. I mean, you could, and you, and a lot of people do, spend their life studying it and talking about it and reading it. And it's like you never get to the end of stuff you can learn in there and find out. Uh, I let, guess, me, let me uh, tie this into our front porch thing with okay. the different scents that we were trying to come up with. Okay. Who created smell? Or right. how they smell. Huh. You know, think about that. God created all those smells, and uh, and there's a different, just like there's in music, there's a different way when you put them together that seemingly says, here's a new scent, but it's not because God created that. That's that's an interesting concept. Yeah, there you go. You're welcome. Huh. It was left over from that first segment. Well, you it, was know. Just, it was still dangling out there, yeah. and you had to pull it in. I uh, tanked it on that section. So, But you are right. Oh. Uh, you are right, and I hadn't thought about that, but I guess I guess everything kind of falls in that category. He he kind of has the basic ingredients to all of it, doesn't he? Yep. Huh? Interesting. Well, while uh, while you've got the conversation hijacked, anyway, go ahead and well, this week in our scripture, we've been talking a lot about prayer, and uh, prayer should be a big deal for us. Um, it's just us communicating with God, and so there's a lot of different. Uh, aspects of prayer one of the things that i've always found really interesting is in romans chapter 8 paul talks about this idea that when we don't know what to pray when we don't know how to ask so to speak um and that's that's really good because i don't know how you guys feel in your prayer life but especially as a pastor there's been moments when i've come into somebody's life when some tragedy has happened or something's gone awry that they weren't expecting and there's really nothing to say I mean, there really is, you know, what do you say when somebody's lost somebody they love? And um, sometimes you just don't know what to say, and you don't even know what to pray for and how to ask. And uh, that's what Paul says in this, is that the Holy Spirit groans out on our behalf. And so he is helping us when when words can't come. 
when we don't know how to describe a scent, you know, when we don't know how to describe to somebody why this happened or what's going on or how to make sense of it. You know, Paul just says, look, the Holy Spirit is interceding for you, groaning out on your behalf, literally talking to God the Son, who is interceding, talking to God the Father. So we have this picture of all of God being concerned about the pain and the difficulty and even our lack of ability to wrap our heads around it in that moment. So one of the things in the the book of Job, uh, going along with what you were just saying, in the book of Job, Job's friends were kind of jerks, just to be honest. And the best thing that they did is when they showed up and shut up. Uh, The Holy Spirit can't groan for you and intercede for you when you're filling the dead air with with uh, words. And I think sometimes one of the best things that we can do as Christians is just show up and shut up. There's the, the ministry of presence that I think we don't give enough stock to. You don't have to have the answers. Literally, um, I, I remember when my dad passed away just a few years ago, and the best thing was when people would just come. They didn't say anything. They just they came. They, they looked me in the eyes. All they said was, love you, and gave me a hug, walked off. That was the best. Mm-hmm. But when somebody would come up and be like, I know exactly what you're going through. I had somebody that had, you know, is my second cousin twice removed. They they got toe jam the other day. And I mean, I know exactly what you're going through. When somebody would try to relate to my experience, uh, it just it just made it worse. Uh, but if they just came and were like, I got nothing. I just I love you and I'm hurting with you mm-hmm. and just let the Holy Spirit do the work. I think the Holy Spirit has a lot more power to move in an individual's life than anything that we can do. And we have to give room for the Holy Spirit to actually do his work. A lot of times we, we get in his way. So I have a question. Uh, I mean, to interrupt you, Coons, I know you're fixing to say something, but playing the layman's role here, uh, if, I, if I don't know what to pray for, how is it, I, how is it the Holy Spirit does that for me? I mean – in the Holy Spirit saying something, or how's that work? I'm playing the devil's advocate here. Yeah, let me kind of say, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, I don't you know if I can use devil's advocate. <laughs> buzz myself. Maybe angels. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just you understand what I'm saying. I've heard that, and I think a lot of people hear that, but never stop to think, what does that exactly mean? Uh, the so groanings the, and all that. The word for the Holy Spirit, one of the words in the Greek language, is paraclete. And it means alongside encourager. And so the way that the Holy Spirit um, intercedes for you is that when you feel the presence of God in a moment in time, you know, if you're experiencing something, trials, tragedy, or maybe it's even a good worship service, when you feel the presence of God, that's the Holy Spirit showing up. And, well, actually, the Holy Spirit's already there, but it's you the Holy Spirit opening you up to understand and know that his presence is there. And so when when he intercedes for you, you're there, you're, uh, you want to help, but you don't have the, the words or the ability. And, and he'll show up in a, in a very powerful way to do things that you can't do. Uh, he'll, he'll use your efforts in ways that you can't. And so I, I think that's kind of how he works for you. You're, you're giving your best effort. You're giving the side of things that you can, but you're leaving room for him to do the stuff that you can't do. Okay. Makes sense. Back to you, Coops. Yeah. <clears throat> what, uh, one of the terms that you used a while ago, Jason, was ministry of presence. 
And that is uh, what the, the big thing that you're taught when you do chaplaincy. You don't have all the answers. Just like as a pastor, we don't have all the answers. But usually, you know, we're called into the just very tragic, bad stuff in life when the chaplain's called in. And you just have to be there. And uh, like, like what Jason was saying, just be present. And uh, as we are there, God starts to work. You know, uh, maybe when uh, there have been several times I'd get a call out and I'm on my way to uh, to an event uh, or to a church member's house when they've had somebody that's gone through a bad situation. And uh, on the way there, you're praying because you don't know what to say. You don't know what you're going to have to try to share with them when you get there. And so all the way there, you're just praying and saying, God, give me the words. Just work through this. Do whatever's needed uh, to help in this situation. And sometimes it's just simply being there and just being being a friend to them. So why, why does God or the Holy Spirit need you to do that? Well, he's called us to do these things. He wants to use us, you know, and we're also, we're physically tangible right. with one another. And, and with the and people. That, that tangible part of the equation is very important to us. You know, we we want to see somebody. Uh, not to take anything away from God, but God has, you know, this is all his plan. This is how he's designed all of this stuff to work together in his plan. And since we don't have Jesus physically around the table with us like the guys did 2,000 years ago, He's called us to step in and do this ministry on his behalf, and he works through us. You know, I think, too, about the Holy Spirit. When Jason said one of the words for the Holy Spirit, one of the words in the Old Testament is literally breath. And if you've ever seen a kid, when they get really upset, they're just like, <laughs> you know, they just can't. And you, and that's kind of what you tell them is you just say, just breathe. Just take a breath. And I think of times when I've been with people who are grieving and that's what you do. You just get them to take that breath. And sometimes we're that breath of fresh air or, again, presence just to hold. You know, if you uh, have one of your kids and you just pick them up and just kind of just hold them tight, you know, um, that's what Paul's talking about is that there are these things that we go through in life. Because a lot of times we think of prayer as, you know, if I just if I just live my life correctly and I did everything correctly and I talked to God nicely, nothing bad's going to happen to me. And Paul says, look, we're going through these groans, these difficulties, and it's because we live in a sin-sick world. It's because sin is a reality of where we are, and there's all this brokenness. And Paul says, you know what? When things are over your head, just know that they're still under God's feet, that the Holy Spirit's got this. He will help you get through it. He will be that breath that you need to take. He'll be that presence. He'll be the one asking on your behalf because you don't even know what to ask. Um, we talk to when we do counseling with people, especially if you've lost a spouse or a child uh, tragically, you know, one of the first things that you give is advice. You say, you know, really don't make any life altering changes for a year because a person doesn't know how to make decisions. Their grief is so strong. They, you know, don't sell your house. Don't buy a new car. Don't change your job. You know, don't don't go in there and get rid of everything that this person owned. Just give it a year to let it kind of sink in and for you to kind of go through a process and then you'll start to work through that grief. But, you know, I'm glad to know that, that God walks with us in the difficult moments too, that when we even don't even know what to say. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of times when you just don't have the words. There's There are no words. This just stinks. That's fine too, isn't it? Yeah. It's fine and not uh, – I mean, I, I guess a lot of people, myself included uh, in the past, uh, I was talking to a, a good friend of mine recently about going to 
uh, funeral homes. And I kind of feel like if I go to a funeral home of visitation, that the people I know there are expecting me to be funny. Right. And when they see me coming, I think they kind of expect that, and it's a comfort. Yeah. So I go to that stuff anymore. I don't have a clue what to say, and, in fact, it's just awkward. But I go in there and just try to be what I was created to be, and it seems like it, it fits and it works, and I don't have to think about it. Right. But it's like there's something else guiding all that that's not me, it's not them, but it just – and I guess that's what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You don't have to yeah. – people don't have to beat themselves up, Christian people, uh, because they can't recite an ABC pamphlet. Right. I, I just don't think – I don't think my experience in church and – the faith business here for 25 years or so is that a lot of people beat themselves up because they don't feel like they're adequate at explaining things. They don't feel like they're good at uh, being in those moments when all you really got to do is just just go. And it's been talked about the whole time we've been here is just be there. Uh, you know what? Because uh, when you're going like in that situation to a visitation or something, they don't know what to say either. They don't have a clue what to say to you. You so don't you, have nothing what to say to you them. You go but. with your Jimmy Choo cologne on. That's right. And then when you reach out to give some older lady a hug and she goes, right. Michael, you smell so nice. And you say, yeah, like an old man in a recliner. That's right. Exactly. I, I can see and how that they're works. looking for that, so Absolutely. I'm going to deliver. Good job. Anyway, so uh, that's the Holy Spirit that says that, yep. not me. Gotcha. <laughs> anyway, okay, I, I didn't mean to hijack it again there, but I think we're all talking about yep. the same thing. Absolutely. The importance of prayer and how God even intercedes for us when we don't even, don't even know how to pray. And, you know, God is the, one of the things that God has really been showing me a lot lately is that God is the one that has given us the full range of human emotions. And so a lot of times we'll come in trying to fix what we perceive as a broken emotion. Uh, somebody is, is hurting, and so we think, well, that's not good. We need to fix that in them. And so we'll, we'll come in and we'll try to have words that are going to heal, that are going to do this, that, and the other. And we forget that God is the one that actually does the healing work. Um, God has given us the full range of human emotions. Sadness is not outside of God's design. He put that in us, gave us that emotion so that we can process the human, human experience. And one of the ways that we do in the ministry of presence is just show up and we help facilitate the healing work that the Holy Spirit is going to do in them by helping them in the experience that they have, helping them understand that the emotion that they're going through is not bad. Um, this is this is part of how God is going to heal you and make you better. Don't rush through this moment in time. It is okay to be experiencing this moment. I tell people when, when they're going through hard stuff and they're hurting, uh, there'll be days when you wake up and you just feel like a pile of garbage that needs to be set on fire. Um, there are days where you're going to wake up like that. And then there'll be days where you'll wake up and you'll be feeling okay. And then you'll realize, hey, I'm actually feeling okay. And then you'll feel guilty about feeling okay because you've just gone through tragedy. Well, God is the one that's given you both of those emotions. When you begin to feel okay, that's part of God beginning the healing process. And, you know, the Holy Spirit is the one that, that knits us together, um, the one that repairs all the brokenness that this world brings. And we... I want to quibble with one of the things that you said earlier. Okay. You said, uh, why does God need us to do it? Mm-hmm. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need us at all. Okay. We get to be a part of that process. Privilege. It's a privilege to be able to be a part of that. Yeah. 
Uh, there was a, a kid at a church I was at before. A major tornado hit the <clears> school <throat> building that he was in. He was buried under 30 feet of rubble. Uh, ended up he, he was in the hospital for quite a while, like six months. Um, just terrible spot. He was on a golf scholarship, had been young and athletic, uh, and then, you know, he, he barely could walk down the aisle as he got married years later. But he was able to walk down the aisle. But that family, their impression of me and my relationship with them changed just by showing up. I had no words, but it was an hour drive to get to them the night the tornado hit and he was under the building. I showed up. I didn't even know where they were, but I was able to find them and pray with them, let them know, hey, I love you guys, I'm praying with you. And I showed up just on a weekly basis. I did nothing. I, I went in there like you, and sometimes we'd laugh and joke, and sometimes I'd just be there and not be able to say anything. But it it changed their impression of me. Uh, it wasn't that God needed me there. It was a benefit that I got from being there mm-hmm. and just being obedient so that God could do his work, and I just got to be a part of it. Does that make sense? It does to an extent, but uh, I'm sitting here thinking that we, we'll never understand exactly what God is up to. No, we but won't. But what you said is something really key, and it takes a lot of pressure off is that he wants to include us in that, whatever that is. And you can sense, you can sense when it's something he's kind of maybe orchestrating or because it just feels right. It just feels correct. And I'm not talking about a feeling like, you know, indigestion. I'm talking about just your being can kind of sense that something's right here about what's going on. It's great. It's a great deal because you get to be a part of that, even even if you don't understand it, which I don't. I'm not sure anybody does. I think anybody that says they completely understand that's full of hooey. Wait a minute. Is hooey a, a, Hooey's buzzworthy. Buzzworthy? I mean, in the middle of our Bible talk, I said word? hooey. So I don't think it's religious. You just changed the buzzer rules. <laughs> yeah. You did? You did. What did I do? Oh, I did. You buzzed in non-church work. I did. You're driving us towards churchy work. No, no, I'm back on task. The buzzer is for churchy things if it gets too churchy. Coots, so. <laughs> what is on your mind? Something is. What is on my – well, this might be a little uh, ahead of the game here, but you just made a comment about, you know, what has God up to at times. And some of the stuff that we're, we're looking at in our scriptures this week uh, talks about – God delaying judgment or justice, something like that. But all that factors into what you just said. We don't always know what God is up to. We know the overarching theme. We have the, the, the scriptures. We have the Bible. It tells us the, the plan that he has and everything. But if somebody does you wrong and you want to get justice for them right now, and maybe that's a part of your prayer life. You know, as we're praying about things, sometimes we're praying for people that are going through difficult times or something, but maybe we're praying for ourselves. It's like, man, Joe did me wrong. You know, he, he said something, he hurt me, he did, did something bad and God, we need to do something about that, but we don't see it happening. And then we start thinking, all right, why, why is God not taking care of this wrong that has been done against me? But it's because we don't always see everything that God is doing. Now, God says he's going to make things right one day. The justice will come. God God will handle the wrongs that have been done against us. Will we see it? Maybe, maybe not. But we've got to remember, God is always in control of all these things, and time doesn't work the same way with him that it does for us. We're we're just thinking of this one timeline that we're on today, and, 
and thinking Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and so on. But time's really different for God, you know. And so what we might think of as a long delay, for God it's really not. He just take, he takes care of business at the right time, in the right way, in the appropriate way. Uh, so I just kind of, that when you said that phrase a while ago, I just kind of struck with me. It's like, well, it goes along with, with some of our studies from this week. God's always got this stuff, whether we see it or not. Even in the middle of a conversation like this, it Even appears. in the middle of a conversation <laughs> like this, it's like, that's not quite what I was anticipating right now. But it is. It's funny how that works. But, you know, prayer is about us being in a relationship with God. And, you know, if, if I could get our listeners to hear anything today, I, I want them to know that you can you can talk to God about anything. You can talk to God about your frustrations. You can talk to God about, hey, God, my marriage is terrible right now, and I don't know how to love my spouse. And you can talk to God about, I feel like I'm, I'm in the middle of a whirlwind, and I don't know what's going on. It, it's not always, yes, we should praise him. We should adore him. We should, you know... Uh, Ask for people to be saved and all that good stuff that we're that we're taught, but it's also just a conversation. And I think that we forget that we can just jump in our car and as we're riding down the road, either go, God, this stinks. I don't like this. This person, this friend of mine's hurting, or I'm hurting, and I don't like it. It's not fair. Uh, but then you come back to this idea. I know that somehow God is going to fix it in the end. I'll use a personal illustration. So. I got all the way through Boy Scouts, and I was really close to getting my Eagle Scout. And uh, one of the things that you have to do is you have to become an Eagle before you're 18 years old or you don't qualify. Well, at 16, you know what happens. You know, I was ready to get my driver's license and all that. And so I started pushing Mom and Dad, like, I'm 16 now. I'm going to get my driver's license. Dad said, nope, not till you get your Eagle finished because I know once you get your license – Oh my gosh, it ticked me off. I was so mad at them, you know. And dad came back to me and he, he wrote a contract and we both signed this contract. He's basically, you know, I'm going to let you get your license, but Monday nights you're going to go to scout meeting and you're going to do this. And when you get your eagle finished, then you can determine whether you ever want to do Boy Scouts again or not, but you're going to finish what you started. And even as a kid, I hated that, but I look back now and I appreciate that he pushed me to do that. And I think. Some of the things that we're going through in life, we may not understand why or what God's doing, but we have to trust that he is doing something, that it's not just just not some arbitrary thing that happens to us and God's like, hey, let me uh, let me squish this bug and see how he squeals. You know, God, God is putting us in places and allowing us to go through difficulties on purpose to help make us be more of what he wants us to be. And that sometimes can be painful. Um, but again, that's what prayer is. It's an opportunity for me to tell God, "Hey, I don't like this." Did you? Uh, you mentioned uh, jumping in the car and praying. So, do you all find when you're driving by yourself in the car? It does. Do you pray a lot when you're like that by yourself? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, there was a period of time years ago when I never, never really said "Amen" for a long time. A couple okay. of years. It was just it's like just this ongoing. Thing. It was an ongoing conversation. I wouldn't call it prayer because you know me. I'm kind of. Anti-establishment, you know, rebellious. Are you saying you're anti-God? No, 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 uh, no, not God's establishment, prayer, right? It's just like, well, you know, <laughs> he's not praying because the Sunday school teacher told him to. That's that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. But yeah, it was just uh, it was it was a conversation that never got to an amen. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It was a great period of growth in, in my world because I, I remember during that time I was listening to uh, Charles Stanley, uh, Adrian Rogers, and Hank Hanegraaff. Those three guys I was listening to quite I a bit. You say Hank Williams. No, no, well, I was listening uh, to a lot of Hank Williams too. That's actually what I Led Zeppelin too, with. but anyway. Hank Hanegraaff is a Bible answer man. Oh, yeah, man. Right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Very good. But anyway, uh, I just remember that being a really good period of growth in my faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned a lot about myself, and I, it could be because I was listening a lot <laughs> in that in that conversation. I was listening a lot. I, I never said amen because I wasn't through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just kind of, I just didn't, and it was a good period. Do we ever stop and think that in our pain? Do we ever really stop and think about how God hurts? No, we really don't. I don't. This this hit me several years ago. Susan and I were on a trip, and a family called, and she put them on speakerphone, and they were just they were just going through a difficulty <laughs> with a child, and this couple was just lamenting about how we've done everything for this child, we've given them everything, bought them a new car, got them to college, and all of a sudden the child's smarter than us and kind of turned their back on us and our values. And, you know, they were just distraught. And then we were kind of distraught. And I got to thinking about that. I was like, you know, this is one family uh, that I know about their difficulties, and I was hurting for them and with them. And I was like, God, how do you watch this whole play being played out every day because you know the things that we watch on the news like what happened in nashville we saw the highlights from the newsreel god saw the mamas that's right crying out god saw our chaplains trying to love on these people with no words god saw police officers dealing i mean god sees all of that every day i don't know about you but i i don't know why god hadn't just slammed his fist down and said i'm done Jesus, go back, stop this pain, because it's not only us that feel pain, he feels it. Yeah. If he didn't, he wouldn't love us. You know, it's like raising a child, yep. and uh, we uh, we get disappointed, and we hurt with them and stuff, but then it seems like we've got so many good things with them, too. Yeah. You know, we got so many joys and laughters and stuff with them, and we got that balance, but it just seems like the balance is getting out of, out of kilter now, don't it? It does, it does sometimes. So... In the the book of Job, to go along with what you guys were saying, uh, sometimes God does calm the storm, and sometimes God calms the child in the storm. Mm. Uh, The book of Job, Job uh, was satisfied when God showed up. God had not changed his circumstances. He's still mourning the loss of his business, the loss of his family, the loss of so much stuff, his own health. Uh, He was mourning a lot of things, had a lot of things stacked against him. And he began to get angry and frustrated. And that changed when God showed up. And it wasn't even that God showed up like patting him on the back saying, there, there, everything's going to be okay. God showed up and said, if you think you're so smart, what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? And God gave him a, a good dose of, I guess, fatherly correction. And, and Job was okay. It will, that uh, that being okay came way before God restored Job's health, wealth, and family. Um, so the biggest benefit that we get of prayer is God. Mm. It's nothing else. The biggest benefit we get of prayer is God, a deeper relationship with Him. And so keeping that in mind, you know, there's an element of prayer where the Holy Spirit groans and intercedes for us, uh, and then there's an element of prayer where we are actively involved in that. Well, there's a phrase in Matthew 7. It's in the middle of this passage in the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, 
there's this this passage there where it says, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. And, and God's going to open up the doors, right? But I think it's important to recognize that God says that phrase, Jesus says that phrase in the Sermon on the Mount, in between, immediately before it says, do not judge, lest thee be judged. And immediately after, he says, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. He says the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So what what does that kind of change your perspective of prayer and the things that we should be asking for if in the middle of God telling us, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, he says, don't judge others and do unto them as you would have them do unto you. How does that change your guys' prayers? Have, have you ever put that together? I know that I never had until recently. But what are your guys' thoughts about that? Because my prayers tend to be selfish. My prayers tend to be selfish. I don't know about you guys. God rescued me out of this storm. Uh, God, I don't want to do this. God, help me with this. God, help me with that. And then, you know, when somebody comes with a prayer request, usually the biggest lie in a church on a Sunday morning is, I'll pray for you. And we never do. Yeah. So just as general rule as a human experience, our prayers are generally selfish. They're for us or for those that we love. Um, I have a pretty simple prayer life. Yeah. What's that? I, I, uh, I'm always thankful for the things uh, that he's allowed me to be a part of. And then I just want to understand, if I can. If I can't, I just want to be able to get through it. I'm, I've, I have a very simple simple prayer life. I, I'm not the guy you come to with a list of, you know, will you pray for this, will you pray for that, and, and especially don't tell me a time to do it. But... Uh, my prayer life is much more simple than that. It's still a conversation in, in my head. It's, it's still a conversation. Do you think there's an aspect there, Jason, where God is looking to us and saying, you serve them, I'll serve you. You you, you go love them, I'm going to love you. You forgive them, I'm going to forgive you. And when we do that, it really takes our focus off poor pitiful me or why not this and why not that. But we begin to love on other people, and God says, "Now, now you're acting like my son. I'll take care of you. You just you you take care of others, and let me backfill you." Is that kind of what you see there? Or yeah, I definitely see a a lot of that in there. I think that's a great great point. Um, I also wonder. I cannot remember the the theologian, the writer, whatever who it was that said this uh, off the top of my head. But he said basically, "Don't even bother praying for yourself." Um, don't don't even think about yourself at all. Just think about others. Pray for others, because inherently, on a subconscious level, we're going to make sure that we're okay. On a subconscious level, we are going to make sure that we're okay. We're going to make sure that we're going to work to to make sure that we have a, a roof over our heads. We're going to make sure that we have food to eat. We're we're going to be working for that on a subconscious level. Uh, we don't have to remember the fact that we have things that we need. What we do have to be reminded of, it's not about us. We need to be remembering other people. Um, we need to remember other people because we don't know the experiences that they've gone through and how they got to where they are. There might be a reason that they're angry. There might be a reason that they're lashing out. Uh, and we might need to remember that even though we are hurting in this moment, we need to treat others the way that we want to be treated in kind because it's really not about us. On a subconscious level, we're going to make sure that we're taken care of. We need to be focusing on other people because uh, we're, we're going to get taken care of. But we need other people. Self-esteem is not a bad thing, no. but it's a very natural thing that, that we want to take care of ourselves. And I think his focus there is always take care of others first. 
because when you're doing that, I'm taking care of you, and you're going to be taken care of along the way. I can't remember. It's not in the Matthew passage, but there's another gospel that talks about where Jesus uses that same analogy that father's giving gifts. You know, you're not going to give a stone or a snake to your son. And then he talks about that the gift that God gives, the gift that we should be asking for, knocking and seeking, is the Holy Spirit. So it's right back to this idea that it's God in us, God with us, the Holy Spirit, that helps us to endure this life and and know how to do ministry to other people and be concerned, outserve others and all that. And so um, it's just a, a good reminder that prayer, and see what you guys think about this, but I've always thought that prayer is not my initial thought. Prayer has been birthed out of heaven put into my head somehow, and then I'm concerned about it. Mm-hmm. You know, when have you ever been riding down the road and you just think, I need to pray for yeah. so-and-so? Yeah. Where did that come from? Was it your own thought? Well, I typically think that's God telling you, I need you to pray for this person. Right now. Yeah, right now. Just pray for them right now. So, you know, to me, prayer is coming out of heaven. It's God's heart coming into my heart and then us talking about it together. So you thought all this time you were praying for people because you just thought of people. <laughs> well, like I said, I'm not the guy you come to with a list. You know, uh, but uh, uh, every day at 12 o'clock, I'd like for you to pray about this, Michael. Sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry. about your luck. <laughs> I'm sorry about you. God knows me. Yeah. So, uh, I, was, I was thinking about uh, how, how to tile that in in my brain, thinking about it. Uh, about us not really understanding what he's up to, but just kind of going along with it. And, and you're at a lot more peace when you do that. When you're not trying too hard to figure him out, but you're just trying to watch what's going on around you. Aware. I like the word be, of being aware. I think a lot of faith is just being aware of God. The times where uh, whatever's going on, uh, the times I feel like I can sense God being there is when I suddenly am aware that he's there. Not that he wasn't there already because he was, but it's when I become aware of mm-hmm. that. And to me, that's a, you know, you're talking about, uh, I've always struggled a little bit about God putting it on my mind to pray for somebody. I struggle with that concept a little bit. It's, I guess it's because I'm so independent that I want it to be me thinking about it. But there again, I can tie that right into just being aware uh, you know, I, in my life, God has never, when I'm driving down the road to Nashville, God has never put somebody on my mind that I don't know. He's never put a stranger on my mind and given me their name and where they were and what they were going through. But he has He has caused me to be aware that I know of somebody and I know their situation and I feel for them at that moment. Is that the same thing you're talking about? Yeah, I- he guides us, you know, and I, again, yeah. I go back yeah. being a parent. I remember the kids growing up and, you know, I've already bought them a blue bicycle for Christmas yeah. and we're walking through Walmart and they're like, man, I really like that red bicycle. Immediately I start turning the t- tide, you know, yeah, red's a nice color, but boy, you know, the blue one over there now, da, da, da. and you can kind of just guide them to the point where 
when they get the blue bicycle, they're pretty excited because they thought it was their idea. Yeah, right. Right. So you just think it's your idea to pray for somebody, and God's laughing, going, "Yeah, I put that there." Well, you just rent it for your grand grandkids. Now. They're going to be suspect of you. They don't listen to Mike the Baptist. They're underage. That's a good point. <laughs> this is a mature audience, right? By the time they start listening to it, they'll have kids of their own, right? Yeah. That's true. They'll, they'll just yeah, pick they'll up on that. And they'll use it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so we started out by what talking about. Prayer and 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 we ended up with prayer. Yeah, amazing how that happens, isn't it? <laughs> it's like uh, it was on purpose. Has the plane kind of landed there? I think so. Where, where you wanted yeah, it to I land? Think so. So the whole thing was basically based around prayer. I, you know, prayer is still a really interesting topic to me because of the many different ways you can think about it. Because a lot of people think about prayer as this really structured thing. Right. And, and I'll say all the time, you know, the only phrase I hadn't heard in prayer is Captain Jesus, but I know it's coming. Somebody's going to say. In one of them fancy prayers, sometimes somebody's going to say Captain Jesus because all the other stuff's taken up. Yeah. But anyway, so I, I know there's a lot of people that think about it, a real structured thing. We've talked about it here. It's just a conversation with me. It's not quite as structured, but it's an interesting it's an interesting thing. I guess if you think about it, any any type of structure to prayer you've got, if you think about it as really it's not coming from you, it's originating from him anyway, and you just, you're just aware of that, that he's there, it all works out. Kind of like these conversations, they seem to work out. Somehow. Somehow. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> Start with Jimmy Choo. Yep. <laughs> and you wind up with the Holy Spirit guiding you in prayer. The Christian is healthiest, happiest, and wholest when their heart beats in tune with God's. And the way that we get our heart to beat in tune with God is by spending time with Him in prayer. That's that relationship thing, isn't it? Hmm. Interesting. And that's the biggest gift of prayer. How do you get saved if you're not a saved human being, Jason? How do you get saved if you're not a saved human being? Like if somebody was listening to us right now, even in their car, how would they do that? You know, when you come to the realization that there is something bigger out there than you, that you're not the, the apex of all of creation, and you recognize that there's something bigger out there than you, uh, at that moment in time, what you need to be doing is saying, huh, Okay. I'm not all that there is. I'm not the most important thing there is. And then that can lead you to, to realize that, man, I've, I've really messed up sometimes. And then when you realize you've messed up, you realize there's no way that you can fix those things by yourself. And there's got to be somebody out there that's bigger than you are. And in those moments, cry out to God and say, I need you. And recognize that the really only one true God is the God of all creation, the one that is described in the Bible. And if you'll do that, if you'll cry out to him, there's nothing magic about the prayer. Um, it, it's just you admitting, I've messed up and I need you. And if you do that. And you know what's neat about that? He came after you. He did. This is something that's really blown my mind lately. Uh, God is, go ahead and buzz me. Okay. Before, uh, pre-eminent strike. Or, Pre-buzz. Yeah. Um, God is omniscient. It means that he knows everything. God knew that I was a sinner. God knew the sins that I was going to do even after he saved me, and he still chose to love me. Hmm. He knew even after he saved me I was going to mess up. He still chose to love me. And here, friends, is the good news, which Mm -hmm. I'm not going to buzz, that phrase. Yeah, don't do that. I'm not. Plane landed. Take a break. Play any Audi coming right up. Hey, everybody, it's time to play America's almost favoriteest new game show, Any or 
Howdy, where we challenge our guests to figure out if a phrase we give them is actually in the Bible or out of the Bible. Sharpen your wits, guest. You're about to be in the hot seat of Bible stuff, because you're the next contestant on Any or Howdy. Here's Mike. You know, at this point, I don't think we have to explain Any or Howdy to anybody anymore. But I'm going to anyway, because I just like to explain it. There are things in the Bible... And there are things that aren't in the Bible. Does that make sense? Is everybody with me so far? Yes. <laughs> that is the in the Bible the or out of the Bible. Well, yes. yes. People say things, especially if you're around church people, in which we're all around church people quite a bit. And, you know, they, they talk churchy. But sometimes they say things, and I think a lot of us think what we're saying is in the Bible when it's really not. So it's just fascinating to me to find out which of those things that are said that sound like they're in the Bible are or aren't. Therefore, we're playing a little game here. It's called any or outy. It's either in the Bible or it's out. Okay, I just like to explain it. It kills a little bit of time and gives me something to edit out. So Today, uh, in the power seats, if you're not familiar with how it works, uh, somebody will present a phrase or, or something, and then they'll ask us, is that in the Bible or out? And then the challenge for the other three of us is to figure that out, and we'll, we'll do that. Watch how this works. H.D. Uh, Jones is now armed at all times with a list. He's got a list, man. He went away somewhere here a month or two ago, and he came back in one day and said, I've been working up a list. And I'm going like, well, I'm impressed because normally none of us are ready, and we're all <laughs> scrambling around trying to <laughs> stir something up just before uh, time to take. But anyway, H.D. is always ready now, and he's going to begin. Lay it on, Sage. I'm ready for you. So... The word romance. Is the word romance anywhere in the Bible? That's a good one. I just got to say, that's a good one. And now we will discuss this. (laughs) (laughs) Coach Jason and I will discuss the word romance. Do you know what? Okay, I like to go with my. Are we going with a specific translation still? Is that one of the rules? No, Uh, we've never. uh, Yeah, we can't. We can't stay on the rules. Yeah, (laughs) we don't have. We don't have no stinking rules. Uh, We're talking about Michael Jackson and rules. Come on, that is a good point. Yeah. So here's here's my uh, well my reaction to what you said first. Uh, It's going to be in some translation probably. That's all I got on that thought. <laughs> Deep thoughts. Thank you. Michael You're Jackson. Welcome. <laughs> yes. dun, dun, dun. You're welcome. Uh, my other thought is that I don't remember what my other thought was going to be, but it'll come back to me. Here <laughs> What's your gut telling you? Oh, my gut. That's your what gut I, was yes. 0 for 4 last week. Yeah, well, I like to go. <laughs> with, I like to just throw my gut feeling out yeah. first because if, you know, once in a while when you do hit, it looks good on you. Like, yeah. you know, he had that gut reaction mm. there, so. I don't think the word is in there, that particular word, unless they called it something else in Greek. You know, well, I'm sure they did call it something else in Greek. <laughs> <laughs> See? Yeah. I'm just going to say they did not <laughs> use the word <laughs> So I was not wrong. You are. Follow your gut. But, you know, in the translations and stuff, sometimes there's not a word I understand. I've heard that people that have been schooled in this have said that Sometimes there's not a word that it can translate into our our English language. Right. So, but so I don't know if the word romance even translates back to a, an original Greek word. Or, Can I use my phone? For a 
to us. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so who were the people in the caves that wrote the Dead Sea Scrolls? Were they Greeks? The Essenes? I mean, what were they? Uh, Dead Sea Scrolls. I mean, that's the people who were kind of copying yeah, down the original the scriptures, right? Yeah. I think. Assyrian, uh, Essenes. Essenes. So are they Greek or like they were from Jewish. France or they were people Jewish? I believe. I'm just trying to, in my mind, I don't know why because I don't, I'm not an English professor anyway, but I'm trying to picture in my mind the word romance. Did it come from some okay, so form? Historically speaking, the understanding that we have of the word romance is really kind of an Enlightenment era type thing. So whenever the 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 time period switched from the Dark Ages to the, the new one, that was kind of when the concept of romance in the way that we conceive of it really kind of came into play. Uh, and so my initial thought is that the word is not in there because their concept of romance in the way that we see it was just not there. I mean, when you got married, you got, it was a business deal. Have you, was, have you kind of read the Song of Solomon? <laughs> That's yeah. pretty romantic. It is a, it is a Did weird. you say romantic or erotic? Well, <laughs> uh, depends on your approach, I guess. But yeah. Stay on target. Romance. Okay, um, romance. But it's, it's not, it was a step not above the, the dragging main, somebody by the hair with a club. It's not right? the main concept that we think of. That was not <clears> their driving, uh, Emotion and desire in in marriage and relationships. There's now two, it may have played a part. Two goats running down a hill. I remember that. <laughs> the north wind blows. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm a little lost. Yeah, on the we're just yeah. quoting parts of songs. Romance has to do with the concept of wooing each other. A little yes, bit. yes. So in the old in those old days, the marriage so, was an arrangement. Yes. If there's any wooing took place, but it took you know place the, after, the father but. would take into account the son's desires and wishes, and they would have had interactions with the the other ones, and so yeah. But yeah, the, but the father wouldn't be looking at it. the son-in-law talking about wooing nothing. Yes, I mean, he'd be. But you know the the thing that gives me pause <laughs> is that I'm just trying in, to make a conversation here. <laughs> is that in uh, throughout the Bible we do see God uh, wooing his bride. We do see, uh, specifically, Hosea and Gomer. Um, Gomer working to win. Not his Gomer Powell. Mm. Just every time the word Gomer comes up, I'm thinking that don't. I know in the that's Bible. a weird name. Like that's why she was a prostitute is because her parents named her Gomer. Okay, moving along. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Hosea went after his his bride Gomer because she left him, and and he worked to win her back. Am I awake? I'm just checking. It's in the Bible. Maybe look that that'll just be my one in there. Right, Gomer oh, in the Bible it? or not? Back to romance. You brought this up. Back to romance. romance. Did you just say Gomer in the Bible, or were you saying romance in the Bible? Uh, no, I'm saying that's going to be mine. Well, I'll tell you one thing. In the Bible or not? I'll tell you one thing. But Gomer and romance wasn't in the same sentence. <laughs> I'm just going to say. Okay, so, I don't think it's in there. The concept in some ways is there, but like culturally speaking, that was not. Yeah, it wasn't a thing. It wasn't as much of there a thing was, as There it wasn't is many now. front porch swings in those days, right? You know, it, it wasn't you, a guy driving up drift, in his pickup you? truck and taking her to the drive-in movie right. and, and, you know, stuff like that. Right. Um, this is the strangest episode of Mike the Baptist. <laughs> so my initial perception is it's not in there, but I feel oh, like You know what? We started out with clones. See how this all ties together? Yeah. yeah totally okay, listen. Uh, weird. So, okay, here's the question. HD's asking, is that word 
used in the scripture. That's exactly. It. I, I feel like it is in there, not because it's culturally a thing back then, or even because you know that's that's really something we see, but because I see HD over here, <laughs> and I'm I'm playing the man as much as the word. And I'm going to say it's in there because I'm looking at him. Okay, well, I have one question before I commit. Okay. Uh, you're saying the words in there. Is it fair to ask you? No, it's not. <laughs> the question is what it is, I guess. But no, look, what I was thinking is, is there a way for us to understand the concept of the phrase where the word appears that you're presenting to us? He's not giving us a phrase. He's just giving us a word. He did, and I've you done that before. I think, I, I think I've whipped seashells out. on you recently, and I didn't give you any context either. So, Was that in The Little Mermaid? Yes, the seashells. Uh, mermaids are not mermaid. in the. We determined oh. last last episode. Okay. Mermaids are not in the Bible. Back to romance. Yes. Uh, well, my gut says no, but I'm hearing Jason say yes, and Coons is being really quiet about the whole. I'm going to say yes. It's in there. Okay, we're all yeses. It's in there. Well, in the book of John, chapter three, and the rest of the Bible, nowhere is this the word romance appear. Oh man. <laughs> I know we're going to challenge this one. <laughs> Do you realize that my gut was, my gut came through? I know, right? And hit, and see what I'm saying? I do. If you say every time at the first of it, my gut says, then if you're right later on, it looks good on you. It does. I was playing the man, and he, he, he played He played me. you. He did. He played me. He did. Uh, now, that was a good one right there. One. Makes you think. It does. Uh, it made me think. Good one. Good one, HD. Let me check that one off my list. Yeah, check that off your list. But the good thing about you is in uh, about uh, two months, it'll come back up because yep. you won't remember. I won't remember. Were you on a date with Susan when you thought of that? Yes, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Did you expect him uh, to say no? I smelled like an old man in a, in a recliner. Or a leather <laughs> recliner. A leather recliner. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay, Jason, power shifts to you. Snake handling. In the Bible or no? Huh? Snake handling. Snake handling. In the Bible the, the or no? act or the phrase? Uh, well, the act, I guess. Yes. Gut reaction. This is my gut. I'm trying to get ahead of it this time. <laughs> just throwing, I'm just throwing that well, out I there. won't look good again if I can. <laughs> Snake handling. Well, yes. They had the, you know, somebody had to lift up the, the serpent right on the pole. They did. That's exactly uh-huh. what I was saying. So that's, that's a form of snake handling. Now, wait a minute. Somebody else... Uh, that snake was dead rod or something too. Dad, wait, hey, now you can't be putting Paul. Paul got bit by a snake. He did, so and he shook it off his hand. He handled it. Yeah. Didn't somebody turn one into a rod or something? A snake. Oh, he took oh. a staff and threw it down, and then he picked it back up and it turned back into a rod. So, so in, in the context, and snake handling is in there. And then in there. isn't that uh, where our friends in East Tennessee? There's a scripture in there that talks about scorpions and drinking poison and yep. being able to. Pick up and not be yeah. hurt by venoms. and Yeah. So, of course, yeah, when you good. say snake handling, the first thing that pops in everybody's head is the snake handling uh, congregations. Congregations. That's the first thing that pops in your head. But. Which I'd be glad to say, we're not one of those. We are not, and I'm not going to be. Nope. I'll, I'll have pretty good faith, but I'm not going to pick a snake up. I've known people that's got bit by copperheads, and it didn't turn out good. Mm. I'm just saying. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying, you know, I'm just saying. In church? I'll just leave it right there. Just, what? They got bit in church? No, because they didn't have snakes in any churches I've ever been okay. to. Because you know why? Because they bite you. <laughs> so. <laughs> what I if mean, it was defanged? 
If it's defanged, would you still handle it? Mm-mm. No, I wouldn't be. That wouldn't be authentic. So he still won't handle so it. You're I'm not a snake. That'd be like taking a garter snake from down to creek when a little green. I don't. I won't touch them. I don't like. I'll kill any of them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm no, sorry. The only good snake's a dead snake. Somebody told me here a while back that I was in Arkansas and they told me. I'm not allowed to kill a rattlesnake anymore. I said, well, you don't need to follow me around then because oh, I see it as dead. Kill snakes. Yeah, but I, I'm, if I see a snake, I'm killing it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the snake community, but uh, yes, Jason, I, I'm hearing yes is because of yes. our caveats we're carving out here. But it's, actually, I'm saying yes all the way around because of what HT brought up about Servants. In the, were they talking about the servants or were they only talking about scorpions and uh, what was the other thing they were talking about there? Drink poison. Yeah. I think they said Did they servants. mention the serpents too? I think so. I'm going to say yes for all these reasons. Well, your gut said yes, so my your gut's gut? been one for one today. Well, yeah, if it was a good gut day. You know, I'm really going to bow up and be real uh, prideful Maybe now. Maybe it's outside the onions you ate. No, I hadn't ate one yet. They're sitting oh, on gotcha. my counter at my house over there across town. I'm going to eat one. Gotcha. I can eat those like apples. I mm. love a good Vidalia. Uh, Next week on Mike the Baptist, will you eat a, an onion in front of us? I can. I just I don't see have this a, happen. Yeah, they don't have a horrible smell. Hey, let me give you a tip I learned from an old timer one time. <laughs> when you're, we cook a lot, and when you get an onion on your fingers, you know you can wash it with soap, gasoline, all kind of stuff, and it's hard to get that off. But an old man showed me one time. He took a knife. He took a knife. It was like a. And he cut his finger off? Nope, nope. A long-bladed butcher t- knife, or just any knife, a butter knife. You turn cold water on your faucet, and if you hold your knife blade under that cold water, it's it creates this little fan of water. And if you take your fingers that you just cut that onion with, and you run your fingers, uh, you know the, ha- the hand dryers that blow and you run in and out, the Dyson dryers? If you run your fingers through that fan of water four or five times, the onion smell is completely gone. There's some sort of reaction with the metal and the water and the cold water. It's completely gone. Does that have to be a specific type of metal? No, I don't think so. It's, I've always just used so like a butcher knife. So you're not scraping your hand on the knife? No, no, no. Okay. No. They actually just, make just what looks like a bar of soap, but it's metal just for that. Really? Huh. I didn't know that. Thank Interesting. You but you should try it because it, it works. I thought, it, I thought that's not going to work, but it works. So try it. So <laughs> metal soap in the Bible or not. soap? Is there soap, soap in the Bible? <laughs> I don't know there's metal soap. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Uh, any. I think we're all any, any, aren't we? We're any. Any. Okay, so it was a trick question a bit. Well, in, yeah. <laughs> in Mark uh, chapter <clears throat> 16, it does mention, uh, in my name, they will pick up snakes with their hands. Mm-hmm. But. That is in the longer ending of Mark, and in our best and earliest translations of the book of Mark, that passage is not in there. The longer ending, which is didn't make it to the canon, is that what you're saying? No, it, if you pick up your Bible, most Bibles will oh, have like right, a right. some sort of delineation there where this it right. says this is the longer ending, and our earliest and best translations, this ending is not in there. Gotcha. So the phrase in there of... Uh, handling snakes is in a longer ending of the Bible, and it is not in our best and earliest manuscripts. So the the book of Mar- uh, Matthew, Mark, Mark ends much sooner than that passage, and so I'll leave it up to you guys for interpretation. But uh, in our earliest and best translations, 
the phrase, the passage you always think about with snake handling is not in our earliest and best translations. So, so it's a questionable practice at best that has very scant uh, historical documentation. Okay, but it is printed in your Bible. In your Bible. Yes. Well, I've seen most versions of that where it is in some. And then some. Moses or Aaron did reach down and grab Grabbed a hold the of snake. the snake. Yeah. Yeah. That was snake handling. Was that the was that where he turned that into the rod? Yeah. For, yeah. yeah. It, was that when he hit the water? <laughs> no, no, no. He hit the water. Different, different times. It's a different rod. Was that the time yeah. he surfed across the <laughs> Nile? So I'm confused. I think we won. Chris. I think we were right. Yes. It was a trick question. I, uh, okay. I just wanted to have the discussion about it. Is really what well, the discussion is what's important. Yes. It's important that we educate ourselves and other people on uh, being hey, accurate. Hey, your gut's two for two. My gut was two for two. Isn't that kind of scary? Yeah. Interesting. We're going to reward that gut here in a yeah. moment, too. Yeah, that's right. We are. We're coming back after a break to uh, try some uh, banana bread muffins from Janet Coots. Coonsie. Coonsie. I, I forgot. Right. Coonsie's uh, banana bread Coonsie's muffins. Coonsie's Kitchen. Ta-da. Straight from We Kitchen's should get a royalty kitchen. for this. Yep. And then we'll sing a hymn and see you uh, next time. But we'll be back. Oh, wow. What a great contestant and a fine sport today on Any or Audi, America's almost favorite new game show. Study up, future guest people. You're next in the hot seat for Any or Audi. What a great planet. Indeed. And it's even better. Uh, when somebody thinks enough of us and our little program we do here to send food for us to review, even when they don't think it themselves and somebody else Steal brings it. it and steals it on their behalf because they care so much. Mm-hmm. That's what happened uh, this week. Janet Coontzy, I'm sorry, Coontzy, uh, by way of her husband, Michael Coontz, has sent us unknowingly uh, uh, a tub full of banana bread brown, uh, uh, muffins. muffins. Thanks. <laughs> For us to taste test and review. And that's exactly what we're going to do now. We're not going to waste any time because this is important. These are, I'm going to hold one up for a camera here. These are a banana bread muffin. Grandma's recipe. Grandma's recipe. Grandma's recipe from North Carolina. North Carolina. And this is from Cootsie. We're going to taste them now and then tell you what we think. That's how a review works, and you know me. I'm going to do it by the book. That's how it works. That's what we're going to do. You're going to do it by the book? Mm-hmm. Your book? It's my book, but... Okay. <clears throat> it's a book. <laughs> well, <clears throat> let me say it first. kind of has a banana smell to it. It does. A little fruity in it. That, little goes, that goes with the banana bread thing. Mm. Let me tell you, though, there's an interesting thing about this. You eat banana bread or muffins sometimes. It's not dry, but it's the same kind of dryness all the way around. Top, sides, bottom, inside. I notice when you bite into Cootsie's Grandma Recipe banana bread muffins, the top is very moist, almost like it has an icing on it, sort of. You think that's on purpose or just because they've been in that tub sweating? Could be because they were sweating, yeah. It's you can good. Ask her whenever she comes back on the show. Also, we did cheat. We actually ate one of these before we taped today. Well, you know, you got to be ready. You don't want things to catch you by surprise. But I was just hungry. I noticed earlier that there's a little hint of lemon or something. There's a little that's not in a lot of banana bread recipes, I think. I don't know if this is an accident, Coonsie, or if this is on purpose, but I want to it let you know. Lemon. 
There's a little, uh, there's a little tang there. Did you not taste that? I, I did not. You need eat another one. There's some more right there. Got plenty. I'm, I may need to. Is there a woodsy aroma? No, I didn't catch the woodsy. Okay. So, coyote been around him at all? I don't think so. Oh, well, that just ruins it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to say, Coonsie, I'm, I'm going to finish mine later because I've got a talking to do here on the program, but. My review is those are excellent. Very good. That is very good. Cheers. Thank you. It's uh it's different. I hope I hope Kunsi brings these to gatherings if you know her. And if you don't, I hope she brings them because this is different than banana bread. There's something different about it. It's that tang. I'm gonna say there's something in there that's got a little bit of tanginess that a lot of banana bread doesn't have. <laughs> is she the cornmeal? I mean Don't ask me. There ain't no cornmeal in there, I don't think. Is yeah, I didn't think so. I was just wondering. Since they're in the muffin size, they're just gotcha. banana bread. She just poured into a muffin tin. Hmm. I would. Well, they're good. That's what it is. Okay, so we don't. We decided a couple weeks ago we're not going to give a number system because that's just offensive if you get the wrong number. I've been they, through that. They were very good though. Uh, they were very good. They really are. Yeah. And you're not just saying that because it's your wife. Because I taste them too, and they are they are good. good. They're yeah, very they are good. good. Thank you, Coonsie. You passed. <clears throat> very good. Whatever it is they say after a review. Okay, folks, send in your food items for review. We'll do it right here, and we will probably mention your name if you don't care. If you do care, we'll probably mention it, too. It's just all good, good, clean fun, uh, or the best we can do anyway. So uh, today, there's been a theme. I don't know that banana bread uh, muffins fit in the theme, but they were good. But there's been a theme. We started out with uh, Jimmy Choo and uh, nice colognes. Thank you. Worked our way into the... uh, uh, romance thing that HD brought up had a, uh, a really strange conversation about that but it's funny how things all kind of work together and they I think it says they had the Bible or something but anyway this is probably not a good example of that but you know what I'm saying today's hymn is page 218 in your Mike the Baptist hymn it was one of the later entries I know this is one that HD uh, is near and dear to his heart because when well he brought it up when the uh, when the discussion about what him would be appropriate for this episode came up, HD's eyes got really big, and he had this real excited look, and he said, "Hey, do we have any air supply?" <laughs> <laughs> well, it just so happens in the Mike the Baptist hymnal, page two eighteen, right there it is, and it's one of the classic hymns that means so much to HD. And we're going to do it for you, and then we're going to get out of here and. Try to muster up the ability to do some more of this at some point. <laughs> Thank you for being with us. We'll tell you all again here in a minute. Today's hymn. I'm lying alone with my head on the phone, thinking of you till it hurts. I know you hurt too, but what else can we do? Tormented and torn apart. I wish I could carry your smile in my heart. For times when my life seems so low, so low. It would make me believe what tomorrow could bring when today doesn't really know. I don't know how it goes. Doesn't really know. I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. I know you were right. Believing for so long. I'm all out of love. What am I without you? I can't be too late to say that I was so, so wrong. Oh, H, I got to say, that touched my heart, too. It, it took me back to the Hodo days. I can only imagine. Right? I can only imagine. <laughs> 
Well, thank you for bringing it up You're because uh, this is an overlooked hymn. Yes. In the Mike Baptist hymn. A lot of folks are not aware of air supply and that they did hymns. There's the proof. <laughs> Proof's in the pudding, or in our case, the banana bread muffin. <clears throat> Thanks to H.G. Jones, Jason Riccardi. I can say that better. I'll just banana bread in my mouth. Gotcha. And uh, Michael Kuntz. I'm Mike the Baptist. We'll see you next time right here. Just a bunch of Christians. Try not to go. Exactly. It was Mike the Baptist.